Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glimith. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're discussing A Christmas Secret, which is episode nine from season nine and originally aired on the 13th of December, 1992. (laughs) This episode was written by... Actually... Do you think you can guess who wrote this one? Vanskoik. It wasn't Vanskoik. Sawyer. Nope, it wasn't Sawyer. I don't, there's no like telltale sign in this one, really, except just the general mood, I suppose. Who wrote Dead Heat? The Hensleys. Oh. I'm going to be honest with you. I only know Vanskoik. And so anytime you That's ask. That's not true glennis you know someone else you know someone else do do, does the expression juicy melons mean anything to anybody (laughs) i don't remember who wrote it bruce lansbury oh right yes so he he's a producer all the smooching he's one for physical touch ashley it's so funny you say that because okay, so he produced 88 and he's a writer of 15, just to remind ourselves. He also wrote Murder on Madison Avenue, The Sound of Murder. And what do you think that last episode it is that we've watched that he wrote? This one? Based on Ashley's comments. Crimson it Harvest. Was, <laughs> Crimson Harvest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe he's big right. It was very sexual. Yeah. This was a Bruce Lansbury. Yes. Yeah. So he writes a lot more of the later ones. And actually, Murder on Madison Avenue is kind of sexy, too. Yeah, There's a no. real <laughs> sexy affair happening. Uh... <laughs> the smooching is out of control in this one, though. It is out of control. I know we'll get there, but it was so much. And I, I was, it went on for such a long time as well. I was like, and also, like, it goes on for so long that you're, like, analyzing people's faces. We're like, they're also, like, smushy and soft. It's like, yeah, something about it was just unsettling. They're, like, covering <laughs> up as they go in. They're like, hey, I don't need to see much of any of this right it's now. There were at least, like, three smooches. Like, deep smooches. Yeah, they were quite deep. And they came away, like... like their lips were a bit dewy i was like (sighs) when he smacks the tape out of her hand and then is like and it's just also like awkward and then he's just like oh my face was here and we're making out but she did say there hasn't been enough of that recently it's like okay (laughs) little too much insight there for the episode so okay yes there is that (laughs) Okay, I need to go into the synopsis here. Also, I wanted to say, <laughs> I wanted to say this about 10 episodes ago, and I forgot. I've just remembered literally just now. So I was laughing when I was editing the episode that we've, we've just put out, the one, the Russian episode, because obviously we went on a complete derail <laughs> for the first about 10 minutes about NCIS. And every time I listened to the bit, actually... <laughs> Almost hit Michael Weatherly with his car or their car. I I literally laughed out loud every time. But what it reminded me of was we when we did a shout out to Cabot Cove Confidential, which again, if you like Murder She Wrote podcast, definitely listen to it. It's great and they're really funny and it's a great show. But we, we were 
giving them a shout out, which in theory should have taken about a minute, but it took five because Megan and I got into a full-fledged debate about which episode they've <laughs> been talking about where they had shouted us out, which was a fact that did not bear any sort of, it was not pertinent to what we were doing, but we had to debate it. And honestly, it reminded me of this thing that I then could not stop laughing about where Megan and I got into this years long debate <laughs> about the end of the song Man Eater by Hollow Notes, where <laughs> this is like before the internet was like really regularly accessible, where one of us thought it ended the last sort of bit of the song with the woman is wild. And the other one thought it ended with, ooh, but she's wild. <laughs> we would sit and listen to that song and play that end bit and, and go, is he going, ooh, but she's wild? <laughs> or is he going, the woman is wild? <laughs> it just was like, of course we got buried in the derailment and like trying to prove that, the, uh, that I was right or Megan was right. I honestly can't. Anyway, sorry, I'll cut all this out, but it really made me laugh <laughs> so hard. And so then when we were going into NCIS and we then jumped down Ashley's throat about whether or not McGee <laughs> was related to Donald <laughs> Megan nor I have any skin in this game. Like, what do we care? <laughs> uh, just honestly, sorry, I could not stop laughing about it. I got nervous. I questioned my Mario <laughs> knowledge. I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a relation or otherwise. Honestly, if it was editing, I just was like, I could not stop laughing. I was like, we haven't even like done a synopsis of the show. We're already debating about Maggie's relationship with the executive producer of NCIS. So here we are. It's Christmas. We picked a Christmas episode. <laughs> we picked a Bruce Lansbury episode. So we have to watch people stick their tongues down each other's mouths for 90 minutes or whatever it is. So, yes. So I'll, I'll go through the synopsis just before I do, just to say, because it's a Christmassy one, and very Christmassy at that, nobody actually dies in this episode. Someone is shot and hurt, but Seth saves their life. So that's good. Um, but basically this episode, um, they're in Cabot Cove, there's a young couple uh, called Beth Forsyth, played by Eileen Seeley, and Charlie D. McCumber, played by Sean O'Brien, who are engaged. They're celebrating their engagement at a Christmas party of her parents, Mary Forsyth, played by Diane Baker, and Alan Forsyth, played by Ken Swoford. We find out that Charlie grew up in foster care, so he doesn't have any familial ties that we know of. He has been in the army. He's about to join um, Alan's accounting firm, much to the chagrin of Alan's accounting firm partner's son, Bert. Um, I did not write down the actor's name because he, I didn't think Bert was going to be that big of a part. And I was right. And then also <laughs> in the mix. Um, you know about his sister from the beginning, though. That's true. He does mention that he has a sister. So his sister is called Monica McCumber, and her name is Mary Tanner Bailey. Also at the party is Wanda Andrews, played by Kareen Borer. And I guess she's the the local floozy. <laughs> That's how they're pointing her at. And she's hooking up with Floyd Bigelow, played by Larry Wilcox, who is um, 
also sort of the town bicycle for the ladies. And he has an assistant at his hardware shop called Amy Wainwright, played by Amy Brenneman, who's in love with him, but he doesn't really acknowledge her or know she exists. And Wanda is apparently working her way through the men of Cabot Cove. <laughs> Wanda is... Um, we so charlie gets into his car as they're leaving the party and there's a tape in the car and the tape basically is a blackmail tape from wanda to charlie and charlie does have a secret and he's concerned that wanda's about to give the game away to beth who he's keeping the secret from wanda is then shot but not killed um, but she's obviously in very serious um, danger of dying because the it was her head she got shot in the head um, and everybody kind of had a motive to kill Wanda. It turns out Floyd Bigelow was embezzling money from the town council and Wanda was blackmailing him about it. Charlie still thought Wanda was blackmailing him about his secret, which we find out because Jessica actually goes and talks to us to him that Monica McCumber, his sister is actually in town. Beth saw Monica and Charlie together because she'd never met Monica, assumed that Charlie was having an affair. It turns out what his secret was is that he has a daughter from a prior relationship and the mother of the daughter had died and Monica was looking after the daughter for him until he got around to telling his fiance that he had a child. Um, Wanda's fine. Floyd, I guess, is going to jail for embezzlement. Amy then says she's the one who actually shot Wanda because she's in love with Floyd and wanted him to be with her. And I guess she's probably going to go to jail for attempted murder. And all, while all of this is going on, we have Seth played by William Wyndham feeling a little bit down because he had a bad <laughs> Christmas when he was 10 and he got socks and underwear instead of a, a toy train set that he desperately wanted. And he's just feeling down about Christmas in general. But at the end of the episode, he's feeling better. Everybody's happy. The Forsyths love the little girl whose name is Belinda and hooray. And it's a nice, and we end with carolers outside of the Forsyth home who um, is, are being led by Mort Metzger, played by Ron Masick. And I believe I read this somewhere, but I don't have any actual proof. I believe the other carolers include Ron Masick's real life wife and his children, real life children. So cute. It was very, that bit is adorable. But yeah, so that's the episode. You know, I probably could have done that in about 20 seconds because the truth is with this one, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I just really don't care about the young people. And I only care about the Seth Jessica storyline. Cool. So the actual episode to me is just Seth's feeling grumpy about Christmas and <laughs> Jessica gives him a nice present and makes him feel better. And <laughs> no, like you don't have like a live wire, like a Barbara Babcock or, or someone who's really going to like make this episode. Like if I no disrespect to the actress that plays Wanda, but I feel like if we'd had Barbara Babcock in this role, that would have been way more. Ex it just would have been more exciting. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, they're they're just kind of a little like boring yeah or like it yeah it just felt like the stakes weren't high enough like <laughs> they're just making out too much we don't get enough of their like plot line to agree to that, I, like yeah i don't know there's something about it and it's like young people young people in crisis is like every other show on tv like i need like businessy business yeah and, like older yeah. people 
you know? I agree. There's not enough, like, Floyd, I guess, maybe comes the closest in that he, I don't know how, I'll, I'll look at how old he was. I wrote it down, but it's like, he, sorry, I'll just have a quick look. Oh, it didn't list his age, actually, on IMDb, so I don't have an age for him. I'm assuming he was, like, 40. Yeah. But it's like, the, I think, I've said this before about this show, I don't really think they write young people overly well. Having said that, I, I really liked her friend in Sound of Murder, the young girl that takes her to the concert. Yeah. She was, and so I don't know, maybe if it's partially like that actress brought a lot to that, you know, made her sort of sweet and fun and interesting. Because these guys, like, I'm, this is so mean. But when um, Charlie and Beth were talking to each other at the party before he goes to the car and listens to the tape, she, he's like, you're going to have to visit me in my hotel room. She's like, well, do I need to make an appointment? And I just wrote down nerds in all capital letters because I was getting so annoyed. <laughs> Larry Wilcox was born in 1947, and this episode came out in 92. He plays Floyd Bigelow. So he was like 45. Okay. Well, okay. So that's, I think that is right. He looks sort of older. Um, but he... <laughs> Sorry, go on. Sorry. No, I was going to change direction. So if you're going to talk about Floyd. No, no, no. Just change it. I don't want to talk no, about the young people. I, I, just, <laughs> I have a bone to pick with Seth because he's like, I, well, I just, okay, so this came out in 92. Was there anything like particularly monumental in like politics that was happening during that time? Uh, like Desert Storm, the first Desert Storm. Clinton was running for president. I mean, he literally says, in the the shape the world is in this year like what good i know well that's an interesting question glennis because i i'm don't remember all episode because (laughs) he's like it's like such a like dark and like sort of like it's but it's also very parallel to this year like oh like what good is christmas when like the world is on fire Mm -hmm. but then also like we need like time to celebrate and like feel good and you know whatever I'm not going to go into that but it was such a offhanded comment I was like why is he sad is it because that because then Jessica made this comment later about he's just mad because it didn't snow is that why he's mad (laughs) I think there's like so first of all I think maybe this is because we live in England and this is no slight to English people but there is this tendency here to be a little bit glass half empty. So I have found that almost every Christmas I've lived here, someone is like, this is gonna be the worst Christmas ever (laughs) for whatever reason. I mean, this year it feels like a genuine thing because we're living in the middle of a pandemic and it's been really hard. But I've never, like I used to joke that this is the difference between British people and American people was when I was pregnant and I'd tell an American person I was pregnant and they're like, it's going to change your life and you're never going to know love like it. And it's going to be the most wonderful thing I ever do. And then you tell a British person, they're like, you're never going to sleep again. (laughs) You're ready for that. And you're like, all right, okay. It's a different perspective. But um, I feel like that's what it is. It's that kind of old timery kind of notion of being nostalgic for the better Christmases or the way the world used to be. But I don't think... I think that comes up every Christmas where people are like, this is the worst one we've had and it's so hard this year. And I just think people have a tendency to do that. 
But it was dark. He says the world isn't in the shape it's in. Christmas is a hollow promise. <laughs> so, oh, but the, like, oh, I'm in it about I'm the looking, snow. But I'm looking at 92, and that's the Rodney King, like the riots oh. in LA. And then there is the oh, golf This would have filmed like and the year Hurricane, before. I think Hurricane Andrew was like a big deal. Right. Like, okay. So I'm just, and I don't know when this shot, obviously, because this could be anywhere in 92. Um, But I think to, I was just looking to see what, it was highs and lows. Mm -hmm. The bodyguard got released. Ooh, (laughs) that was a different. Highest of the highs. Highest of the highs. Nate O'Connor performed on SNL. I mean, topical. Picture of the Pope. His description of it, it all came back to this freaking birth. I mean, I mean, yeah. I I mean, I agree with I don't. was the present shaped like it was gonna look like i thought it like the way that he was talking about it like the way it was wrapped it looked like it was gonna be a train set like the vapor (laughs) structure well and then what i was hoping was that that at the end jessica was gonna like give him the present but that it was gonna be soft (laughs) (laughs) she's like that's what you get keeping in mind that christmas he's mentioning was 59 years ago i mean it wasn't i was not even close to being recently i mean i think also so yeah it's like trying to be like oh seth's a real eeyore and we have to bring his christmas spirits up but i thought okay i'm just gonna say this when Mort's there and they've discovered it's not the body because she's still alive but um and seth takes her to the hospital he's like i'm gonna go with her and Mort says something like to Jessica, like, do you feel like the docs kind of willed this for us? It's like a woman's been shot in the head. I don't <laughs> think Seth being a grump, I don't think that's fair to put that at his feet. Like, yeah, I did not understand that. I was like, is he saying that Seth murdered or like a <laughs> murder? And then I thought, where is this going? Like, I was so confused. I was like, is the episode where they think Seth did it? Like, I'm like, I mean, it was an episode that showed a side of Seth that I wasn't as wild about because he just think it's crazy to be dwelling on like this. He's like, you can't imagine how it would feel for a boy. That they're getting, like, <laughs> A train set, but it's like that was so long ago. <laughs> but also, I did like that at the end, he when she gives him the train set, and he is obviously touched by the present. He goes, "I deserve that," because it's like, yeah, he is self aware enough to know he's been a bit yeah, impossible. And, yeah, <laughs> train set from so long. Like, I mean, if one of my friends even now was like. Yeah, ten years ago, like about <laughs> a gift. I'd be like, "What's going on? Are you okay?" Right. Like, <laughs> okay. It doesn't seem like it's about the present from ten years ago. Like, but uh, times that by six, and you got what Seth is talking about. <laughs> well, also, it's like I guess when you're little, but I mean, can you remember like that uh, one present I, that you I needed to have? have I was okay. Really a- that i don't know if it was christmas <laughs> i well at least i this is how i remember it i wanted a life-size arby when it was like okay yeah and i was miffed that it was not my height 
Oh, so you got it. Oh, so it you got it. Tall it was too short. So <laughs> goodness, you can understand the pain. It makes me sound like a total brat, which I know. And in that moment, I was completely. <laughs> I was just waiting on, like, I was waiting on pins and needles. Like, what was the pro? But you got it. You got it. You got it. It's just not what you were expecting. I mean, I think that that happens time and time again to me. I mean, I do that all the time. I probably did that yesterday. Oh, this isn't what I expected. It was an inch too short. Specifically, remember, I don't remember like asking for something. I'd like, I, I don't, I just don't remember any gifts that like, to memory except for that one. Oh my god i that just reminds me of adam's family values when um joan cusack's like i asked for ballerina barbie and they gave me malibu barbie and so she burns the house down. Oh, so <laughs> what about debbie what about debbie <laughs> oh. i was a ballerina but <laughs> but i'm glad you like you know, felt comfortable enough to share with the podcast. I mean, listeners were, yeah, like Ashley, they were (laughs) just uh, waiting to hear, like, what had our parents deprived you of? (laughs) (laughs) I think I like (laughs) so annoyed by it. I then just left it in the garage. Oh, no. It reflects so poorly on me. Mom and dad did such a good job. And I. Is it still in the box? No. So you could sell that on eBay. Yeah. And I I think the only thing that's remained of our youth, like like that um, in the garage, is the cutout of Fabio. Yep. It's the most important thing that we own. It's very important. Not the experience. He wears a summer (laughs) hat and some Mardi Gras beads. So what you're saying in all this, Glennis, is you can relate to what Seth is saying. Like when he said, you don't know how it would feel for a boy to receive those things. And you're like, I get it as a girl. I got a present I wanted, but it was too short (laughs) for me. (laughs) It lied. It was false marketing. (laughs) Then I took them all to court. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean. And I held on to that. (laughs) <laughs> but there's a reason that this is the bit we're talking about is because like who cares about these I as soon as Floyd was involved I was way more interested because I was like you're right and if he'd been hooking up with Barbara Babcock who'd been running the council forget it this episode would have been I'm not this is no slight to Wanda because I actually thought that actress of that group of young people was yeah. the most interesting. Yeah. So it's it it's not her. It's just I think I've said this before, but in the '90s they they skew too young with the storytelling. So it's like I don't care about the young people. Mm. I want to see the older people doing stuff. And like you know what I mean, a couple that's getting engaged, but they're like he's staying at the hotel and she's staying at her parents. I was like oh, I don't want any of that. I want Winnie showing up at Seth's door to hook up with him and stay at his house. Also, that hotel room was insanity. I know. It was so busy. 
when she, oh, yeah. I was like, I don't, the wallpaper, the floor, the bedding, like it was just, it was a lot for me to take in. Talk about a worst outfit. Oh, that <laughs> was, I thought about you, Ashley, when she walked into that hotel room, I was like, this is Ashley's worst outfit, I bet, because it is, you're right, it's like, have you ever read the, <laughs> this is so dark, have you ever read the yellow wallpaper? about the woman being slowly driven mad because she's like in the one room that she's been sort of like, she's got like hysteria or something. Oh, I've heard of it. No, but now I want to. It's a short story. It's crazy dark. So just like a warning. Is it a Henry James or? No, it's Charlotte. Oh, something, something. I can't remember what her last name is. Perkins Gilman. And basically it's a, it's a sort of story about like misogyny and that kind of thing. But she starts going crazy and she becomes like fixated on the yellow wallpaper. And that's all I could, when they walked in and that wallpaper was basically like the frighteners coming out of the wall at you. I was it's like, really that is the room bad. that will drive you crazy. Yeah. 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 That's what um, I'm getting at. One thing I want to bring up in reference to Floyd real quick is <laughs> I wrote down pretty early on drinking game and then arrow to i'm headed to portland tonight the amount <laughs> of times that they reference portland or going to portland or someone in portland like i know it's probably the nearest biggest city i mean i know cabot cope is fictional but it was nine times ten times glennis i said it before in the <laughs> hit run Homo- and homicide episode when they go to portland it's bad news nobody goes to portland for anything good. that is true that's true or they don't go to portland and they say they go to portland but jessica has the distance between cabot cove <laughs> the very second and she can time it and call you out in like no time it's crazy yeah like <laughs> Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't know. In the, I sorry, not to be mean, but the main girl, like the the lady who's engaged, like she's just kind of boring. They're both. So they're. Boring. Boring. I, I'm not saying really that the actors are bad. It's just like they're. You're just so uninvested in them. Like obviously, like you want it to work out, and you don't want it. But then it's like, but also, I mean, I guess we'll have to get to this at some point. We've got a real Crimson Harvest yeah. situation on our hands, don't we? So we have a cup, a couple where someone's got a kid, although the, the fiance doesn't know about the kid in this one. But it's like, to, to keep that a secret and yeah, get engaged to somebody. Also, it's like, I know it's only a little girl, but I, I just, it's like, you're right. It's not like a bad secret. And obviously, but it's like, you have to give someone a chance to like, accept that information and it feels kind of there were a couple things here guys i'm sorry i know i'm just sort of going off one it feels quite disrespectful to that child to basically have like squirreled her away somewhere i know she's only little but also it feels like kind of mean to like make your sister look after your kid for like an extended period of time like i didn't realize that was an option you mean I can just leave my child with Glennis for <laughs> oh, okay, okay. not to defend him, but he had they had no other family, and this is before he got engaged. Like the, he didn't, and he's in the military, so he'd been deployed. So it's like he didn't really have anyone else to watch the kid. But has it been like three months, or has it been like a year? Like I feel like like timings on it are important. 
Well, like, and the other thing is that when the woman died in childbirth, he was beside himself or something. So I don't know, was was that a hint to his parenting capabilities? Like he couldn't do it, so. I don't know. Right, has the sister just been looking at, because that little girl was what, like maybe three? And it's like, if the sister has been looking after that child this whole time, then the sister really is that child's, you know, parent. I mean, like in a, like a sort of emotional way. Um, sorry, that's probably reading too much into it. Obviously, that little kid didn't seem to care that much. She was she liked the grandparents. <laughs> Basically, they've just acquired a child to give to those that couple so that they can have a little girl to like pal around with, which was I mean, it's and it's not a bad secret. It's like no. it's just one of those things where it's like that is a big deal to then like yeah. land at someone's feet after you've proposed. It's so 90s to have a kid. <laughs> And to like date for like six months and then they're like, oh, I have a child or like they're making phone calls, checking in and the person they're dating thinks they're cheating on them. And they're like, no, it's a child. I'm worried about, I'm like calling and checking in on my child, like a gimmick, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That was on Beverly Hills 90210. (laughs) But no, you're right. It's like all this, like basically dating someone you don't actually know. So you're dating them like you're in sort of 10th grade. So you call each other, you see each other, you make out a bit, you maybe fool around a little bit, but you don't spend any quality time together. You don't really get to know them. So it's like, they still feel like, and then the sister was saying, oh, I think he thought she couldn't accept that Belinda was illegitimate. And you're like, "Uh, is that that a thing in the 90s that people still cared about whether kids were born in wedlock or not? Like, it seems, I don't know. I don't know. I, I... I don't know. It just seemed weird. <laughs> yeah, there's like, because I know, you know, I know these episodes were done a while ago and there are, can be elements that seem dated, but somehow in the 90s, it's those, those dated qualities seem particularly more apparent. Yeah. Like, yeah. I know we saw Jessica like digging in the trash for a needle and that felt like ha ha dated. <laughs> But like hiding, I don't know. And like illegitimate kids or like, I don't know. The stuff they wrestle with seems like super dated and like really silly. Is it because you think that maybe we expect the 90s to have been more modern than that? That been more like current day thinking than that? I I, I think to like Ashley's point, like they don't really seem to like even touch on these subjects in the 80s episodes. And so like, we don't really get that whereas like now they're like trying to be like I don't know if edgy is really the right word but like bringing in these storylines that maybe they wouldn't have touched and then in doing that it dates it whereas not having those storylines in the 80s doesn't doesn't do anything because they're not there I would agree I think you're absolutely right I think also when in the 80s you're primarily dealing with the older characters things like having kids you know, it's like if you had a kid, they'd be an adult, like not, you know, a, a, a baby. Um, so it it does. You, I, yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Glennis. Totally. Like, that's not to say that they shouldn't have done it because like maybe it's like, you know, the 90s going like current. More yeah, current. Yeah, yeah, of course. Or, like exposure, whatnot. But it, it is because like I do feel that as well, where it's like the 80s episodes. I'm like, oh, yeah, fine, whatever. And then the 90s ones, I'm like, hmm these topics are like I don't know they're handling it in an odd way but 
I agree. I just, I think they, I, it's like, I don't know. I think my root problem with this one, it really is they spend way too much time with the young people and I genuinely just don't care. And then when it turns out he's got a kid, it's like, yeah, that's a big secret, but obviously this is a nice lady and her parents are nice. And I think this is going to be an absolutely fine thing, but to throw that into the mix just makes, I don't know. I just like, I'm like, I want to watch them. I want to watch shenanigans. Also, it's not like, not that it has to be ritzy or anything like that, but we just went from like very glamorous stuff in Russia to now like Cadet Hall and this like kind of schmaltzy Christmas party. And, and there were like, a couple of characters that were just like the this happens in some of these episodes where there's like too many characters that aren't really doing any doing anything like Bert was a problem and actually Amy for the most part was not in it that much other than just like kind of walking around and being weird okay so let's talk about Amy <laughs> so I'm glad you brought her up because you're right Megan like there were a lot of people where you're like, they could have easily streamlined that and not bothered because, you know, we never think Bert's a subject, a, a suspect. He's no. not in the episode. So Amy Brenneman must have in her contract <laughs> that she only plays characters called Amy because <laughs> she is playing Amy Wayne right here. And she's probably <laughs> best known for playing judging Amy. So let's... <laughs> in the contract, Susanna... I love judging Amy. I watched all the episodes when they aired on TBS. I love it. Anyway. I, I have to say, I think Amy Brenneman is very cute at looking and like engaging and stuff. And my first point where I was like, I don't know if I believe this is the <laughs> fact that this like guy that hits on everybody wouldn't notice that this like uh, obviously very attractive woman working in his <laughs> Or I was like, yeah, this is sort of, I have to really suspend my disbelief here a little bit. Um, and she has that lovely curly hair and stuff. And you're just like, this girl is adorable. And they try to dowdy her up by way, making her wear like a Mac and stuff. But she's obviously got like a totally slamming bod. So you're like, okay, but she <laughs> can kind of pull that off. So it's making it harder to believe. But when they played at the end when she's like gotten sexy and is trying to like I that creepy music they played was I called it creepy love music mm -hmm. it <laughs> made me so happy because it was like it's just like a little bit wrong so you know it's like this is like horrible what's happening here like she's just <laughs> Oh no, I, I love it. She's thought. like so kind of frumpy throughout it. And then she shows up at the end and her hair is like parted on the side. And it's like, she's like, didn't come to mess around. It reminds me of uh, a wet, hot American summer when they, they, uh, up Beth. Oh and yeah. They <laughs> gave her moose. And she's so like, good. That's the sign, like like antlers, like moose. <laughs> they just like move her from a center part to like parting just above her ear and like flipping her hair over, and that it's like so good. 
sexy. That's what this reminded me. I of. mean, that is you're right. Like there is nothing dowdier than just a straight middle part, and then there's nothing <laughs> sexier than a side part. So that's how you move Not from a side part, like a all oh, like you're right it wasn't there it was just like ear like from one ear flipped over to the right. other ear like it's it. above the ear like enough to still tuck behind the other ear yeah and she had to wear like that's like it just made me laugh because he's like oh you look all like dolled up and i was like i mean she sort of looks the same, but she's on her hair different and she's wearing a tighter dress. <laughs> the store early, like after hearing him on the phone to then not go just straight to the lockers, but go get dolled up, put on the dress that she's been wanting to put on for it, put on the makeup and go think about the logistics ambush him. She's like, Oh, it's my time. I've got this in my trunk. Gotta assemble. Yeah, I mean, was he was he gonna shoot her if Jessica hadn't shown up? I don't no. think I don't think so. That's not a question we ask often. I don't. I don't. He he put didn't he shove her? I know we'll get he shoved her. Well, he sh- he sort of pushed her off of him and said, yeah. "I can't have you hanging around my neck." He did have the gun out though, the t- world's tiniest mm-hmm. gun. Pew, pew. Then- it was like barely the size of like <laughs> I don't know. Wait, how is he like Susanna? <laughs> I think we all know that I'm a real gun expert. Oh, and there was <laughs> the something here early expert. on when they're talking to Charlie. Oh God, I I wrote it down, but I didn't. I don't think I put enough context into it. He's like, Yeah, it just so happens I brought my weapon with me. He like. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, his service weapon. Yeah, like, are you supposed to do that? Are you allowed to keep your gun if you've been like not like obviously he was he he was just discharged. What do was you call he it? Discharged when he, or was he just like not? Well, I thought he'd like retired. Honorably discharged. Yeah. yeah. So isn't that what happens when you sort of like kind of retire from the military? You're honorably discharged. Yeah. But do they not take your gun back? I mean. I don't know. I don't know either, but I was just like, why are you mentioning that? He's like, yeah, it's my gun. <laughs> I brought my gun. Yeah, I brought my service weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I thought Seth mentioned something else that he was sad about with Christmas. Because oh. I wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote it down. I you wrote what it was. Yeah. Well, yes. Something about the party and like winning a prize and he's like last year i won a pair of sequin bedroom slippers they weren't even my color yes <laughs> and i wrote like in my notes i wrote man seth has had so many christmas disappointments <laughs> yeah but the one thing is he did say he hadn't danced the samba in years so he got to hear that he is just hot and cold hot and cold <laughs> he is really hot and cold. It's just been like a while. Like, I guess Christmas isn't like the best time for Seth. So, I, I did like thought think the dancing thing was quite funny, and I like the sequin slipper joke. I love Seth because you think he's gonna say something like, "What? Normal. What? What could a? What would a man want with sequins?" slippers but instead he just makes a joke about it that they weren't in his color i thought that was funny um 
Look, we get it, Susanna. You'll defend him. Like, I mean, yeah, I'm like, I'll take, I'm sorry, he's grumpy. I mean, I, you know, I love at the end that he was, but he's always kind of grumpy. The, um, I did think of something else that's a Bruce Lansbury trope. So we've got disgusting makeouts constantly. <laughs> we've got <laughs> we, like, too every- many makeouts. <laughs> we've got a lot of like, this is a lot of yeah sexual stuff going on. The other thing is there is normally <laughs> some sort of convoluted financial explanation uh-huh. for something. And when he was going into the pension fund, the embezzlement from the pension fund, I was like, all you would have to say is I was looking into it and the 400 K that I thought should have been there wasn't there. And it looked like it had been siphoned off or something mm-hmm. like that. But it just reminded me of Sound of Murder when they were talking about the stock thing. And genuinely, as he was talking about it, I was like, I mean, I get that it was embezzled. I've literally not followed the last, like, five lines of what he said. <laughs> like, <laughs> mentioned a chain of Cabot burgers. Like, they have a famous burger spot that they're going to that what it is? Yeah, they said something about like chain of cabot burgers, and I was like, I don't understand what is happening right now or who did what wrong until Seth reiterated that 400k was missing and those poor retirees don't have the money, right? So it was that scene was like, and then also, I thought the embezzlement was going to be. That the council members had used, I'm assuming, taxpayer dollars to fly to Japan. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was, yeah. it was. It was wild. Also, I I wrote down a comment um, when uh, when Sheriff Metzger is so like the guy finds the guy. What's Bert finds yeah. the gun in the bushes. He's holding it up with like a pencil, which also feels like very like flimsy for a weapon. He's like, right. it's a gun. I mean, I know he didn't want to like touch this with his prints, <laughs> but like, I guess use your shirt or something. Anyways, and so he's like carrying it and then Metzger grabs it by the pencil and this thing is like rocking back and forth. <laughs> and then he, he smells the tip. I'm like, I feel like this is so dangerous and an accident waiting to happen. Like, <laughs> the safety is off. Like I, I mean, I know that like it's just a pencil, but like, what if like if this like flies forward and then I don't know. There could be a bullet in the chamber. Anything. It, I yeah, know. I mean, you're right. It's funny with Bert because. Weirdly, he's hardly in the episode. I didn't even remember that character right. when we were rewatching it. But he does have some bits where it's like, we should kind of remember him because he does that with the pencil. You're right, Glenn, it's him holding it out like this. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't be my first instinct. <laughs> I And I wrote down comments about him. I said, Bert is a real dum-dum. And then I said, Bert seems very creepy and weird hair. <laughs> like, it was like... And that and of all the people, young people in the episode, that was all I wrote down about any of them was specifically about him. So it's just funny that he's like kind of weirdly stands out, even though he was right. Yeah. And they give that like one throwaway comment about that he had like gone out with the main girl in high school and <laughs> thought he was going to get the job that Charlie is now going to get. 
And what did the girl do? Because they said she went out to Berkeley. But what what did Beth do? Did she work for the accountancy firm as well? Oh, I thought so. Okay. And also Jessica makes a really shady comment about Bert. I wrote this down before I knew that Bert was kind of a whatever character. And she she goes, they're talking about like the accountant firm and accountancy and whatnot. And, and she goes, if I recall, poor Bert flunked math in high school. <laughs> yeah. and they're like, he's an idiot. Yeah, someone else like bagged on him and they were like, sorry, you didn't have the grades to follow her to Berkeley. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> Well, it's funny because Floyd says that. And so you've just seen Floyd be kind of rude about Wanda because he's like hooking up with her and basically saying something like, why would you buy the cow if you get the milk for free? Right, like no one's going to love you, basically. But then he says, so you're thinking, oh, this guy's going to be like a real like jerk. And then, but then Bert's like being mad about the situation with Charlie and Floyd just goes, listen, she got the grades to go to Berkeley. You didn't kind of get over it and you're like oh are we supposed to like this kid i can't understand no it was (laughs) really confusing and then with wanda like they're they keep being like oh well you know when wanda wakes up when wanda like if wanda wakes up like you know attempted murder blah 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 blah. and then and so i kept waiting for the moment for them to be like wanda's awake and that to be the moment that they run to the locker but it it didn't really matter or that she was gonna have some like hospital bed like yeah not that i want death on anyone but like it it felt like they kept mentioning it for it to be i think they kept mentioning about her being okay because it was like i bet originally they probably were did have her die and i bet whoever was watching was like listen it's a christmas episode we gotta say that she lived because we just don't want it to be so serious but it that Wanda brings up another interesting facet sometimes of the show where we know we've talked about this before where Jessica's quite like nice to women even if they're not very liked by other people for their like sexual choices and um so that was that was here as well but then in the end we're Amy's like why do you even care about Wanda and Jessica says something like although she doesn't say it she says like, oh, well, when you involve Charlie McCumber, then I couldn't sit by and like not do anything. And I was like, were you going to sit by and not do something if it was just Wanda just gotten shot? Oh. Like that felt a little, like I don't mm-hmm. think that's necessarily yeah. what they meant, but it did feel a little bit dark. But she yeah. is nice to Wanda. Yeah. You know, she's the only one that talks to her and stuff. Yeah. Wait, should we go on to our list? Yeah, let's, yeah, I think so. Okay. okay. So you're right, Megan. Here we go. Episode beats. Thunder, <laughs> thunder weather, no. I thought it was a little blustery in the very beginning, like when they were showing the outdoor <laughs> scenes. I don't know if anyone else noticed. It's but not one of the categories, Megan. It's I understand that, but it was just like, <laughs> there were just leaves flying all over the <laughs> also those panning shots of cabot cove and it's like dirt brown everywhere and you're like i feel like in december it would be snowy in maine <laughs> like i feel like That's they should have really... upset that is no, why so... oh, yeah i had a high weather disappointment okay well that's weather too you know lack of <laughs> yeah um like you're so grumpy 
Secret doors, closet hiding, no. Poisoning, bludgeoning, shooting. Phone wire cut, no. She shaking. She listens on the phone. That's right. She is. She's she's eavesdropping. You know, if he had the clueless phone, that wouldn't be (laughs) right. He would have known what that. Yeah, that's right. Someone is listening. (laughs) Um, She's shaking. uh, Yeah, Floyd sort of shakes. Well, I mean, he shakes Amy, but I guess she's sort of like making advances on him that he doesn't like so anyways um window peep possible murderer well oh yeah because he's like oh my god did you kill wanda like that is uh. um window peep i put beth peeking in the motel window at uh monica mccumber do you remember when she goes to the motel she doesn't talk to her but she goes up to the window and peeks in yeah 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 um, yeah um fake name id i mean the sister she never has lied about who she is but but beth thinks that she's charlie's girlfriend not his sister um the fuzz cop quick just more to know cop chemistry businessy business city council i said embezzlement (laughs) embezzlement yeah Yeah. Uh, christmas party blowing up balloons you know the works right um AJ, nothing but a number. Uh, I mean, uh, Wanda was 34. Uh, Amy Brenneman was 28. So, yeah, if she was hooking up with Floyd, he's 17 years sure older they than were her. Hooking up. I thought she. No, was- no. But if they were to have. Like, if I thought she, if they were she making out in the closet in like, the first scene. That was Wanda. Wanda. Floyd. Oh, Wanda. Goodness, come on. Um, <laughs> Just kidding. Who are you <laughs> Amy. I mean, mm. and I don't know how old Beth was because she didn't. They didn't have a listing of her age. Um, what about Bert? Uh, Bert, I didn't did not have an age <laughs> listing either. Weirdly enough, um, smooches. <laughs> ugh, Too so many. <laughs> Too many. Seriously, I put Floyd, Wanda, Charlie, Beth, and Amy Floyd. Wait, say it again. Okay, wait. Floyd, Wanda, Charlie, Beth. Amy Floyd. Weren't there two Charlie Beths, or am I wrong? Oh no, there were like a million. Okay, there was the car one that was horrendous. The car one was bad. <laughs> also, the the cut scene one where they're at one place and then they cut to them making out at the bottom. I was like, oh, I, you need to like prep me for this. Like, I can't just be taken in cold onto this. Like, come on, guys. Um, <laughs> it was just wet kisses everywhere. I didn't like any of it. Uh, there's something about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just makes me laugh because it's like, oh, we don't like, oh, we don't really get that many smooches, but then we do. It's just like, oh, you, you wanted a smooch? You're gonna get a smooch. <laughs> you get more a than you smooch. It's more than you could have ever hoped for. Merry Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's the like talking during that's the most like unsettling bit mm-hmm. where you just say, please, please, like I need like, oh, don't know. I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of like a good smooch. You know what? There's one that ends. I can't remember which episode it is where you're waiting for the cop and like 
this girl to get together and in the end they kiss and jessica says something like i can't wait to be invited to the wedding and while they're kissing they both go like this they both do a thumbs up at jessica or something like that does anybody remember this one anyways that's no. a good one okay so that's I like it the, i like the <laughs> nielsen guest stars there's a smooch there that is like a classic yeah hollywood smooch between him and jessica of the ones we've watched, have we had a good smooch? No. no. Jessica, when he gave when she gave him that chest. Oh, set. when he gave her a kiss on the cheek. That was nice. I mean, that guy ended up being bad, but I felt like when Barbara Babcock and that one guy smooched, it wasn't too bad. Oh, yeah. You're right, Megan. That was and fine. When Patty Darbinville and her the guy she was boyfriend with. The one where uh, Van Johnson's the like kooky inventor. Yeah. I didn't think that smooch was too egregious. No, and we'd been prepped for it because they'd shown us that man's torso for about 20 that minutes is before true. they kissed. Of- so it wasn't, it didn't come out of the blue. Like these ones were like sneak attacks. Um, yeah. And I do feel like they were trying to. Yeah, maybe in the later episodes they do try to like sex it up a bit, but it's like it goes too far. But it's like sexing it up in the most sort of like sexless way possible. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's like it's like what people like. Okay, I remember. Okay, someone was talking about. Glennis watched this briefly with me. Do you remember the um, uh, the Shadowhunters TV show, Glennis? Do I? <laughs> I came home and Susanna was like, I've done something. <laughs> I made her watch it. The there was like a review of that where they were saying it's like trying to be a sexy show by people that don't really know what sexy is. So it's like, oh, if I dress this way and people make out, that is sexy, but there's no like chemistry between anybody there's no you know that kind of thing a lot of leather a lot of rings on men and a lot of just like forced like angry like sort of like squinting eyes makeouts that feel yeah no chemistry well because there's no like passion to it it's like we're dressing them in sort of like fetishy gear but when they kiss, it better be closed mouth and it better be like super, like, you know, appropriate for the age bracket. And you're like, yeah, but you've just put this person in like a leather midriff, like skin hugging <laughs> thing. Like, this is so weird. Yeah, anyways, Lots of <laughs> so <many courses. laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry. That is like, but that's what I'm saying about this. Show. I was like, I'm trying to always figure out why it doesn't work. And I think it's because like, you have no vested interest in these people. Them making out doesn't mean anything to you. It's like, it's literally just like two strangers have walked up to each other and started kissing. Right. But right. they're not that interested. Anyway, sorry, I'm just- I'm Yeah, or if it's not an affair or something where the audience is discovering that there's something naughty happening mm. or at the end of an episode where you want two characters to get together and they do. But just being like plopped right in the middle of like, four smooches like within the first 15 minutes <laughs> well, and like you're right Ashley it's like at least with an affair you feel like people are sort of like attracted to each other yeah. but uh, you never get that impression with Beth and Charlie you're like I guess these are people like the fact that they're dressed so that it, their outfits literally come up right to the bottom of their chin it's like that says everything you need to know about 
how much they like each other. But anyways. Right. I mean, John Dowd liked Jessica more than Charlie liked Beth. We know that. Yeah. John Dowd was one of the skiers. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Sorry. Familial ties, no. Eyes closed, head shake. Uh, she did a little one when she was telling Amy off. Um, okay, here we go. Worst outfit. Oh, sorry. I had to swap mine around because I wrote mine the wrong way around. Okay, fave outfit and worst outfit. Ashley, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I said Beth peeking through the motel window at Monica McCumber. (laughs) I also feel like when um what's her face is listening on the phone line she's sort of peeking in at him and the office. oh that's true there is that door with the window yeah yeah that's there was a lot of peepaging here peepaging. <laughs> so much peepaging. okay ashley what do you think fave worst okay fave so what i wrote down was jessica's pin game I love oh. just like a gold pin or a brooch. So she had a French horn, I think, in one and then a wreath in another one, which I enjoyed. Okay. Um, at the end, she was wearing a gold top with a black skirt or pants. I thought that collar on her looked mm-hmm. amazing. It wasn't like for her stature and her like frame, it was not overwhelming. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, worst outfit was... The sweaters on everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. The game was all over the place. I was getting some winter, some autumnal, chunky. It just was, it was, the cardigans were too bulky. I didn't like any of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I also wrote down Seth in a Santa suit was a good outfit. So yeah. I also thought. That was a good oh, outfit. Oh, you did, Susanna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, Speaking I- of fetishes. <laughs> oh, 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 God. Woo! It's too sexy. That is way, 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 way too sexy. Woo! We're going to have to put an explicit warning on this one. I, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Megan, what do you think outfit-wise? So I also like the gold one at the end, but I actually thought when Jessica's confronting Wanda in the locker room, Wanda's wearing, it's really simple, mm-hmm. but I thought it looked good was a pair of jeans with like a black top that's a turtleneck, and I thought she looked really good. Otherwise, I agree, the sweater game was really bad, and I hate to do this, but Jessica was wearing a sweater at one point, like a holiday sweater that had so many things on it. It had like like red bells maybe. And then there was Argyle. There was also like an apple on it, like the drawing of an apple. Like it it was it was too much for me. Okay. Glennis, why don't you go next? Um, yeah, her red dress at the mm-hmm. holiday party was yeah. great. Her waist looked a teeny tiny um and it's just great color on her my worst outfit i i if you guys saw this or remember this i would be shocked there was an extra that was walking by at the <laughs> party i know that this is so specific but <laughs> yeah I, I didn't i didn't get it she was wearing a white ribbed turtleneck okay and then with a like Blue, brown, similarly ribbed, <laughs> long sleeve, 
V-neck sweater over it, and I hated <laughs> it. Do you remember what scene this was in, because Suzanne, I feel like you should try to find her if you can. I will find it. it. You said it's in the party. Yeah, so it's when Jessica's wearing the red dress. Like, she, like, walks past her. She's got, like, a perm, and it's just, it felt very of the time, but also I hated it. So, Glennis, I, okay, I feel, I just feel like I've had kind of a rough week and to be dropped into the 90s here with the fashion (laughs) after we've been in Russia with the 80s fashion has been just sort of like a cruel twist of the knife at the end of the week a little bit like honestly I like at least with Sound of Murder and Killer Radio and stuff, we got some fluorescence in the mix. We got some crazy vests. We got some like funky outfits. We got some neons. This was just like you were saying last week about brown palettes. Like, oh my God, it was horrific. <laughs> like there was poor old Diane. Is it Diane Baker or whatever the name oh, is? Of the yeah, lady that the plays mom. Mary. She wore a really lovely black trench, actually. But apart from that, they put her in these like brown paisley outfits. This poor woman is like sinking into the carpet. It looks so hideous. uh, Beth wore a brown shirt that had like dark, like sort of puke green leaves on it. (laughs) And that was like a skin tight turtleneck. So it's like someone has bought that to be sexy but it looks like a tree has thrown up on them. So it's like, <laughs> what? Like, and so I just, it actually made me quite mad at some of the scenes. <laughs> and some of the outfits that Jessica was wearing, I was like, this is unforgivable that you've yeah. done this again to this poor woman. Because I thought actually her hair looked really nice. Someone had put some blonde highlights in there that I thought looked lovely. And Glynis, you're right, that red party dress, first of all, it was like, kind of had a cool kind of like military kind of style, like something across the top. So it had an interest to it. So it wasn't just a plain party dress. It was fitted. It looked great. And then the next scene, they put her in a sweater with some sort of like mosaic black and white print that comes together at her throat. And you're like, so it makes her look even more old lady because it sort of hangs down. Was that like... Uh, it, we don't know if it, I couldn't tell if that was a sweater or a jacket. I ha- actually, sorry, or a outfit. I hated that thing. Yeah, uh, honestly, it made me so cross. I did. I but yeah, I liked the red dress. I loved Wanda's uh, black turtleneck and jean look. I think from the nineties, mm-hmm. that's one of the nicest looks that was of the nineties. Um, and Amy's purple dress at the end, I also kind of liked. I thought I, that was very cute. That sweater dress thing. I agree. Had. I did think that was quite flattering. Yeah, but yeah, I had Beth's outfits. I think were the worst. That red, black, and orange argyle sweater she had at the beginning was real bad. So sorry, I don't mean to be so. Sweater I didn't mind was actually Monica's. I was very busy, but I actually Mm. thought it was an argyle or like a sterile sweater. But I forgot about that jacket sweater thing that they made Jessica wear. I was like, that's great. jacket if you will yeah there you go (laughs) it was so yes I'm sorry that it probably sounds so mean but I just feel like last week we were set up for failure no matter what weren't we any outfits weren't going to be as good as that but anyways I don't um, think we were able to come up with a bad outfit last last week 
No, I mean, when we did, it was like literally like, I guess I don't like that pattern as much as that other pattern, but I still like it. It was a general like okay. yeah. varying degrees. Okay, so here's an interesting one. Biggest hunk. Glennis, money go big, oh, biggest God. hunk first. I don't know. Let's see. Um, I'll go with Corinne Bower. Bower? Okay. Yeah, she was cute. Ashley, what do you think? Beth in a Santa suit. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Megan? I thought Bert was cute, but I... <laughs> He really wasn't in the episode except to get like dumped on. Wait, is that the one that Susanna wrote Dum Dum next to? Yeah, yeah. I did. I mean, and the comment I didn't write down, but I thought was, oh, guys, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to be so negative. <laughs> it, I feel like it looked like he cut his own hair. <laughs> I mean, sure. <laughs> he like those things across the front, like I could see him going at it with like well and there was a little bit too long at like just parts of the side guys I'm so okay um no it's fine you're entitled to your opinions pretty hurtful but that's okay <laughs> I do think Seth in that Santa suit was um my biggest hunk but it, in terms of like guest stars I I don't think Floyd is bad looking um and certainly Wanda is very cute very cute looking that girl um but now I think Floyd probably just be, I probably wrote that down just because he's like the most sort of like, he looks like a man kind of, as opposed to mm. everybody else sort of look so young to me. Anyways, um, JB Burns. Uh, Ashley, why don't you start us off? I loved because Seth is just curmudgeonly the whole time. She goes, oh, oh, Seth, try to forget about the underwear and socks. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I did like that. <laughs> You can't let it go. He really did what about you? The, um, when she makes fun of him for flunking math. <laughs> okay. Megan? <laughs> Not exactly a burn, but let me, hold on, let me find it. Well, A, when Seth refers to Wanda as ornery, and then <laughs> later they're, like, talking about her like hoping she stays alive and jessica says like well that's just another good reason to keep wanda alive it's like shouldn't there be like kind of a couple and like <laughs> for no reason at all you just yeah, that's, alive. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point you're right like <laughs> no just that one reason <laughs> she knows where the money is yeah <laughs> that's right it was like the, i know where the money is I did appreciate though that neither Jessica nor um Seth ever slut shame her. So even these two sort of older people that could be quite judgmental, especially Seth, but he's like, he's like, I just always thought she, yeah, was kind of mean. Not that she, you know, not judging her for like other choices. And you're like, oh, that's kind of nice. Cause everybody else is like, like the mom, Mary, um, Beth's mom is so mean to Wanda and you're like what relationship would these two people even have with each other that she would hate her already so much but anyways um my biggest JB burn was when she's talking on the phone to Floyd and he's like why would I have a key to Wanda's locker and she's like don't you have a key for all of the hotels and motels in town <laughs> I thought that was very good and he's like oh right right he said, like, stay cool, Floyd. Stay cool. She hasn't got you. She hasn't got you yet. 
with his gun. Pew pew. <laughs> um, there is a beer out here called Pew 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 Pew. Wait, that's amazing. <laughs> no, really? Yeah, it's got like I don't know seven or eight pews on it. Oh my god, that's really funny. <laughs> Okay, fave guest star, Ashley. Oh, sorry, wait, Megan, Megan, sorry, you haven't started us off. No, I'm only making a noise because I'm just like, boo. I'm sorry, I thought you were like, nobody's asked me my opinion. No, no, (laughs) honestly, no, no, he was like, I don't know. I guess I'll go Wanda. I just was like. Um, Sheriff Metzger's family singing. You know um, what? Yeah. I yeah. think that whole any of those people in that window frame are get are guest stars to me, my favorites. Glennis, what do you think? I'll still go with Corinne Bower. I I don't. Yeah. No, no, I liked her. I, I thought she was good. Yeah, I'd probably go. I one figure out where well. I recognized her from, but I know I've seen her in something. I mean, if I was guessing, it's probably a hallmark that I can't place. But oh, I'm she must be in some hallmarks, like right? right? I don't know. Well, okay. she's She was the mom on Veronica Mars. I'm sure that's cool. right. If you didn't watch that, um. She was in an episode of Friends. That's how I remember her. Sorry, Megan. The Silence listeners is all of us looking at her. I, <laughs> I just remember her from other murder she wrote. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, she's in a few of those. She's she's like a 90s guest star kind of like yeah. a lot of stuff. Um, okay, so Glynis's guest. So she guessed Mary Forsyth, who was Beth's mom. Um but it was Amy. Do you think you ever would have guessed Amy, Glennis? I mean, she just seemed so suspicious and weird. I was like, I feel like this is, it can't be her, but then I probably wouldn't have. You, I mean, because you were like, think about the fact that she's colorblind. And the only reference that I had of that was when the lady was like, I need four more red balloons. No. <laughs> oh, it's a, yeah, the car thing. So I was like, I guess it could be her. I, I don't know what it could be. Um, to be honest, as we've mentioned so many times, like the plot line, aside from like Seth's grumpiness and about the snow and the Christmas present of <laughs> 60 years ago it was so like bland that I sort of lost track and I was like wow <laughs> how are we at the end like because normally it's like the the last um commercial break and this time it was like done 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 we're all like oh crap we got, got the guest <laughs> oh, no well someone was like pause it pause it <laughs> so I was like what um they, also in the colorblind thing I thought I thought only men were colorblind that it was isn't I that right super rare in women okay yeah, trivia said on IMDb that, that it's really like, unusual in women yeah, exactly right okay yeah would if if she yeah because normally like if she was she I would have I'm surprised Jessica didn't say, oh, that's really unusual for right. women. Yeah, she just was like, <laughs> it's like one in three with men or something like one in four. I'm it's laughing because 
I'm picturing her saying, like, it's really unusual for a slut to have, be called. Laura. <laughs> 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 no. Um, okay, so we're on to the last bit. Uh, fave moment overall ranking. I think, yeah, it's rough. Okay, Ashley, why don't you start us off? All right, real quick. Okay. It's one in 12 men. Uh-huh. And then okay, one- so- one in 200 women yeah i mean so right. there, but not like not impossible yeah okay sorry that makes yeah, yeah. Um, he's also in vice versa which is one of my favorite freaky friday switcheroo mm-hmm. renditions with judge mm-hmm. reinhold and um fred savage yeah exquisite me what is this vice versa <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing what, yeah. from the 80s yeah, yeah it is amazing it is uh, okay i'm looking i'm gonna write this down so don't forget yeah, to look at the this old later. switcheroo but she's in it and that's what i remember her from mm, gotcha all right uh, so fave moment overall ranking yeah. ashley gosh i'm going between a five and a six it's tough mm. it's tough that feels um, generous if i'm honest i know i'm going towards five i'm gonna go five um fave moment um i think just the carolers again at the end mm-hmm. I think. okay maybe yeah. when Jessica gives seth the train but he's so still curmudgeonly about it but like yeah. anyway okay no no it's megan do you want to go next yeah i'm gonna give this a four i i just don't find it very interesting unfortunately and kind of almost wish it had been more Christmassy. I think they'd gone really over the top Christmas. It would have been, I don't know. And then uh, I did like the part at the end when she gives him the train. Okay. Glennis? Yeah, I mean, three. I'm going to go with that. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. It was like silly, but I was just bored. Um, favorite moments? Probably the scene with the gun, to be honest. That was so chaotic. And like, <laughs> that thing is just swinging around on this little pencil. Okay. I, um, okay. So my fave moment, I think it was when she gave Seth the present. Um, and I liked when she said Christmas should remind us of what could be, not what is. And I was like, <laughs> 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 I've had a bad week, Angela. Um, and oh God, I hate to do this. I sort of wish I could go back sometimes and like regrade some of the episodes we've watched because I feel like sometimes I don't appreciate, like I should have just given From Russia With Blood a nine. Mm-hmm. Because watching this, I was like, I know I've already said all this. I find this one kind of boring just because I don't care about any of the young people. I only want to see Seth and Jessica and quite frankly, they're not in it enough. So I would probably also give it a three. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there we are. God, it's not, uh, it's, uh, I hope everyone has a good Christmas. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's good to do a Christmas episode. I, I, just, it was, you know, it's just not one of the strongest episodes. Let's, let's put it that way. It's definitely Christmassy. <laughs> mm-hmm. As Joni Mitchell said, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. Yeah. And I feel that way about a lot of episodes that we've watched. And I just, 
you know, being seasonal, but yeah. I mean, we got about halfway through and I was like, what are we going to talk about? Because I <laughs> like yeah, nothing has happened. So, uh, but anyways, it, it was nice to have a bit of Christmas. I loved the carolers at the end. I did think that was very sweet. Um, yeah, that was cute. And, and it's nice to do a Christmas one. And um, I, do, I think this might be the only one that's like that's specifically the themed around Christmas. Right. Yeah, I agree. But um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, celebrate with other Murder She Wrote episodes for Christmas. <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you. Uh, does anybody have anything else? Sorry that they want to add before I start. Before I close out. No. Okay. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening, and thank you again for following us on social media. We're at Cabot Coverage at all those places. Um, and thank you so much to those that have rated and reviewed us on Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, and we hope that you have a wonderful holiday season and we hope that you'll listen again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.